My name is Jack Oatway. And I am Jay Oatway, and welcome to another edition of Like Dragon Like Sun. We a father-son are, podcast. It's a father-son podcast about creating Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Yeah, all Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Understanding it, creating it, all of it. And this week, we are back in the Dungeon Master's workshop. Yeah. Uh, and but we're we, not making general like rule changes or things like that or variant rules or new scores or well whatever. no you're doing something even crazier yeah. this time you're creating your a whole new subclass i do this a lot um whenever i feel like i have an inspirational idea and and you out there in podcast land you too can make your own subclasses yeah. it's it's not that hard it's not hard but there are a few fun and simple rules to keep in mind as we sort of go through this mm. Um, the first important question I suppose you need to ask yourself is, uh, what is it that you want to make? Yeah. Why are you making this? Does it already exist? Is it something that's kind of missing? Usually it's something that I feel is missing or that I feel like I want represented. So this isn't inside the official content. Uh, and so which, which, um, which class are we going to be building a subclass for this week? I wanted to build something around the bard because I feel like there's a lot of sort of thematic, like lore around songs and types of songs that the bard could really explore because right now it's sort of about valor and they're sort of a jack of all trades a little bit roguish a little bit wizardy a little bit you know all of these things blended together right with so musical so typically the theme on it is like well there's some you could be a speaking rogue i suppose mm. these days but typically you sing a little ditty or play a little tune or say and- something you know, powerful. And so how's in order? So what are you looking? Yours looking to do? Well, today is grave sweeping day where we are at. Yes, it is grave sweeping day. And so I kind of wanted and... a spooky sort of undead vibe, not undead, but I suppose dead, sort of like soul type sort of thing. You know, okay. um, for the and, bard. and the bard like doesn't have a lot option. there. No, I think there's a sort of a spooky college of whispers. That's more sort of infiltration type. Sure, stuff. and around this Halloween season, it's fun to be Masks coming up with and, uh, exactly. yeah, like ideas like this. But the college of the dirge. The dirge is like a, you know, like a song at a funeral sort of thing. Um, so in chapter nine of the Dungeon Master's uh, workshop, you will find uh, some guidance from the official folks uh, in the Dungeon Master's guide on, you know, how to go about doing this. Um, what's But let's talk a little bit about your mm-hmm. particular sort of strategy on this now. I know that you you know the class and subclasses like kind of inside and out already. Mm. So you know what, what need, exists. You need, yeah. you, and, not, and not only that, what needs to be built That's true. for each level. Yeah. So talk us through a little bit about what, what levels uh, inside Bard does a subclass have to develop features for? I think that there's sort of, there are subtle differences, like how many abilities you get at a certain level. What I like to typically do is give people two abilities at third level or whenever they first pick the subclass, which for Bard is at third level. Then Bards get a feature at sixth level. This is just one feature. Um, Then they get a feature way down the line at 14th level. This is it. They're one of the simplest classes to design subclasses for because they barely have any abilities from their subclass, which is why I think it's so crucial 
to give them at least two or even three abilities at third level to really define their, like, you know, two fairly decent sized ones and one sort of more like small option type thing. But I just have two fairly big, solid uh, abilities for College of the Dirge. And my okay. idea was sort of so, like, it's a lament for the dead. So that was my idea going into it, right? So College of the Dirge, and uh, they they have a lament for the dead. Um, could you seriously, like, how would you sum that up, like, into a sentence? Like, uh, the College of Dirge is a they call upon the souls that of, calls upon the souls of, of the dead to curse others and destroy undead. Okay. All right. Our necromancery version of a... Well, it's not even a necromancer. This is, like, very much so against undead. It's a more cleric-y version yeah, of Yeah, by, like... I'm calling souls of the dead temporarily to like this undead creature just, you know, and so framing the idea of this, the destroy undead feature, which is also a huge thing you could do with choosing a subclass to look at abilities that already exist and try maybe what would it look like framing them in the new context. I'll get into a little bit later, uh, the un destroy undead feature I have for this subclass, but we start at third level. Right. And so this is about sort of trying to create sort of feature concepts now, right? Mm. So since you've got this whole using the undead sort of thing vibe going on, each of your little subclass features mm. need to be on point for that theme. If yeah. you're like when you're building a subclass, <clears throat> we're not just trying to put in any cool idea that we think of. It all has to be very thematically tight. And in fact, I, I feel like my biggest complaint with new UA official subclasses is that they don't even, feel super. Sometimes focused. they're just kind of all over the place. They're a bit like you've got two or three different ideas kind of all being dumped into the soup together. Yeah. Especially the undead warlock subclass we talked about where you can just explode <laughs> as an ability. But um, yeah, so I think if you're building your own, you know, and, and it actually goes back to showing that. Even the pros who are building them can get this wrong. But when you're building your own, keep it focused. And I'm nowhere perfect. I'm always revising yeah, on and, stuff that and I'm And it helps when, when people like you and I have got someone that we can immediately bounce ideas off of who has almost like a DM's perspective. Like you almost have to think, <clears throat> if I'm playing this subclass and I pitched it to, a, to my DM, would they freak out? Mm. Would they be like, holy cow, no way. Yeah. That's too powerful. Mm. I think that's always a good question. I sort of based a lot of the features around a similar concept to the Grave Domain Cleric, if you've right. ever seen it. And it's good when you can draw parallels to another class, because then you can keep the power balance similar. Similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I also did that when looking at tables. Whenever you're making tables for a subclass, whenever that comes up, look to equivalents, uh, like wild shape, thinking about CR values at, like compared to certain levels with that. But also for the Destroy Undead, I had to look a little bit at the Cleric and slightly nerf it, you know, much like how uh, spelt third casters like an Eldritch Knight or Arcane Trickster, which get um, super limited spell casting, uh, have weakened versions of, of spell casting. You know, they only get to fourth level. Think about maybe nerfing when people get things um, if you are drawing from other classes, just to make it not so you're directly ripping and stealing and making that other class feel useless um is my recommendation but at third level we have lethal lament is the first ability i think at third level for Sorry. bards you really want to introduce something they can do with their inspiration 
uh, and another ability. And one of them should be an attack sort of ability, like um, a combat ability, and one should be um, a more out-of-combat or supportive ability for a bard. Right, so Lethal Lament does what? Uh, when you join the College of the Dirge at third level, as you inspire a creature on your turn, you can choose to infuse a call to the dead within the inspiration, twisting the magical boon into a deathly curse. The target has disadvantage on wisdom saving throws until it uses the inspiration, and must instead subtract the roll from an ability check or an attack roll when rolling the inspiration die. Well, that's a really cool idea. So it's reversing the power of inspiration, and instead of giving it to a friend... You're putting it on your enemy. You're putting it on an NPC or enemy or monster of some sort. And this wisdom saving throw is expanded in later abilities to make this a really deadly combo with some so, of your later stuff. <clears throat> for the listeners at home who that may have gone by really quick and they're thinking, what you've done just, what? Exactly. All right, so let's let's talk through this mechanic again. So you've got an inspiration point, or I do, I, my your bar inspiration does. Die. You have a number of inspiration right. dice. So I'm, 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 at, at, at level three, it's a D4, right? Uh, it's a D6, I believe. D6, right? okay. So level four, I've got a D6, and normally I would say, okay, I sing a little song for my friend, and now they're inspired. And typically they and, can add the roll to any ability check, saving throw, or an attack roll. Right, any of the three main rolls. So I roll my attack. And I add the D6 And I add my it, D6. Right? So in this one, a nice little boon. In this one, how's it going to work? So instead, you place it on an enemy. What I like about the ability is that it never says you have to choose a willing creature. It's just a creature other than yourself within 60 feet of you who can hear you. Okay. So this doesn't break any rules. Hmm. So you place your disinspiration. Yeah. Your lethal lament. Your lethal lament on a baddie. Yep. And what happens? So essentially, while it's on them, because it lasts for 10 minutes, the usual ability. And while people have it, they just feel inspired. You know, it doesn't give them any uh, ongoing boons typically. But this one has an ongoing negative effect. Kind of f- urging the enemies to start using it, you know, a little bit. Because they're not always just subtracting D6, subtracting though. It's for those 10 minutes. It's just while it's on them, there's sort of this lingering curse. And until they use the inspiration. So what does the lingering curse do? They have disadvantage on wisdom saving throws. That's, that's it. it. That's Just it. disadvantage on wisdom saving throws, which I feel for a third level ability is deceptively powerful. You know, you think, oh, it's just wisdom saving throws, not like even strength or dexterity, just wisdom. But you're going to find a lot of charm effects have wisdom saving throws. A lot of frightening sort of effects have wisdom saving throws. So you could use this with you if you're if you have mm-hmm. charm, charm spells. Person. Exactly. You could put the lethal lament on them and then they're going to be a little bit easier to be charmed or frightened or manipulated in certain yeah, ways. Frightened might be good. Mm. Or even spells like Toll the Dead, if you can pick them up, work well with this. Because it's also, I feel like that's kind of a thematic <clears throat> idea. I was debating giving them Toll the Dead, but I ultimately didn't. I may change it later where they do get it, but um, that is sort of the ongoing effect. With and then when they them. decide, oh, I want to get rid of this. They must spend it when rolling an ability check or an attack roll. Not a saving throw. I've excluded saving throw from the list. Uh, so they can't just end it when they have to make a saving throw. Immediately, it has to be on their turn, or you know, when they're forced to make an ability check, right? So or when action. they make an attack roll, essentially. And that way, you they roll the inspiration die and add it to it. They can choose whenever they want to do this, but the sooner they do it, the sooner they're going to get rid of the wisdom saving throw curse, and must subtract your party inspiration die from the roll so, instead of adding it. Right. So they make an attack, they subtract a d6. Exactly. And this scales at higher levels. You know, eventually you're going to get d8s and d tens and eventually d12 at 15th level you're going to put a d12 subtract so why didn't you why didn't you set this just so that on their next attack or save or ability check 
they have to subtract the, the D6. Why did you leave it as a, like a lingering curse instead? I think it's it's more aligned with what the Bardic Inspiration ability actually is. And I need to make less sort of tweaks to how like they must use it. And instead, it's a creature's choice. So it can like embrace the curse and subtract the roll right. or live with an ongoing wisdom saving throw. So you throw it on an owl bear and the owl bear don't care. Well, the owlbear makes its attack, and suddenly it uses it, and it's a it's yeah, a claw goes. Yeah, but if I was playing the DM of the owl, controlling the owlbear, I'd be like, eh, he can do with having a nerfed wisdom. wisdom. All right. I mean, it's a creature's choice. If it doesn't want to expend it, then it lives with the disadvantage on wisdom saving throws. You know, it's it's again a first draft idea, but it's that ter- like turning existing features into something unique was what I wanted to try with this because I've yeah, never yeah. really seen twisting. The bardic inspiration is like a negative thing. No, I, I like I like what the concept is on this a lot. Um, again, I'm just trying to think through a little bit about how do you how do you sort of see like some Faults some creatures? Yeah, just wouldn't care and just would just take the nerfed wisdom. But I suppose but it's soon fine enough, you're going to because then you can frighten them more easily. Exactly, you're going to learn how to expand upon this at sixth and fourteenth level, All right. which is what. You sort of should do with a subclass, you know, expand upon previous ideas in subtle ways to make this a really sort of strong subclass. And this ultimately may be too strong, but I feel like the college uh, bards kind of need a bit of a buff anyways. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take us through the next one then. All right. And the second third level feature, because I'd like to give bards, like I said, a combat and a non-combat feature, Uh, although this could still be used in combat, but Song of Mortality. This sort of draws from the circle of mortality from the um, grave domain cleric, but I kind of wanted to give it a bar twist. At third level, you gain the ability to protect both the dead and those close to death's embrace. When you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points with a spell to a creature at zero hit points, you can instead use the highest number possible for each die. That's the exact same as the grave domain. But also, in addition, uh, when you use your song of rest feature, a bard feature, any corpses within 60 feet of you can't become undead for the next seven days. Is it corpses? That mo- yeah, corpse? I think, yeah. Uh, so when you use your Song of Rest feature during a short rest, not only do people get extra hit dice, but any corpses or people you killed in the battle can't become undead. This is a simple thing. And there's spells like Ceremony, which also sort of do this sort of thing. But it's a quick, like, all right, we're Gentle in the Necromancer's Lair. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they now these corpses will remain dead and will be tortured sure. husks of... Yeah, it's a, that's a nice roleplay feature. But it's a simple roleplay feature. All right, these things can't become undead for the next week. They sh- shouldn't be bothering yeah, us. Yeah, it's not going to make your subclass too powerful. Exactly. Though at higher levels, it could be a really nice thing, especially mm. if you're getting into more undead type zones. Absolutely. Um, and going on that undead sort of line, it sort of started with just like curses and sort of th- simple things, but now we're sort of branching out into so, stopping undead, curbing undead. So as a <clears throat> as a side gig... Your bard, uh, your bard gets hired to play a lot of funerals. Yeah, yeah. I imagine these are like funeral players. You know, they they have prayers or things they say when lowering people hmm. into like death or mourning sort of ceremonies. Well, the idea like of a funeral player as well. I suddenly got a real uh, New Orleans third line sort of idea of this. Uh, you know, this group of musicians who you know walk along playing music as part of the funeral procession. And, uh, and yeah, that's a really, that's a really fun, like real world kind of idea to sort of port into, uh, 
into a D&D type setting. So yeah, I think this is actually a, a subclass for a bard that that makes sense as well. Like this is a real thing, a funeral yeah. player, now that I'm thinking about this, yeah. Uh, then at sixth level, exactly. That's why I think I love the bard is because there's so much real world inspiration. You can well, and often, yeah, we, sort of we don't, I don't think things. bard often digs into that properly. I think mm -hmm. sometimes people just give it like, yeah, yeah, they play music, whatever. Yeah, and I think like this like idea of like lament for the dead, you know, that you're protecting the dead or calling upon the dead with yeah. your dirge, you know. Uh, and again, that idea that seven, like, when you use your song of rest, instead of sort of like a song of protecting the dead during a funeral service, even you could use that song of rest to make sure their buried loved ones don't become undead. If there's like a town where people come raising up out of the graves, you know, that could be a simple role play sort of thing. Um, but sixth level, destroy undead. This is another combat ability. Uh, this subclass is kind of combat focused. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sure how I would change that, but uh, that's again later revisions. If you feel like something is too combat heavy or roleplay heavy, then it's always okay to make revisions or changes. Yeah, most people like combat stuff. Yeah, so it's true, it's true. But you're gonna find that maybe not all of your game is combat, or maybe it is a lot of combat. Depends on the game. Uh, at sixth level, you gain the destroy undead feature, which is high level cleric stuff. Fifth level cleric stuff. Low yeah. level cleric stuff. Um, although high level, depending on what campaign you're playing. Well, but. it depends how how what 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 type of undead creature you're trying to actually destroy. I but you get it at a li one level later than the cleric does, which is sort of my sacrifice for this. Okay. You know, it's all it levels up every three levels, just same as the the cleric. But you're always going to be one level behind your cleric counterpart right. when it comes to destroying undead. But I find that most clerics kind of ignore the fact that they can destroy or turn undead. Um, maybe it just doesn't come up in some of the games that I've been playing, but this is sort of like, all right, we're handing you the reins of destroying undead and making your lethal lament a little bit cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at sixth level, you can produce a greater call to the dead, sending them to drag the, uh, the under down, down towards their mortal fate as an action. So it kind of, again, plays off that theme of a call to the dead instead of just like, psh, 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 like holy prayer. It's like they're avoiding death. This is not the natural order, much like the grave domain cleric. Bring them down with you, you know? Um, and I could even, like, imagine instead of them just exploding, like a, like a portal to, like, the underworld open up and, like, like ghostly hands drag them down, you know, or things like that. That's a more sort of thematic idea. But uh, as an action, you can force each undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet of you to make a wisdom saving throw. Exact same as destroying undead. But now, if you'll remember, the lethal lament gives them disadvantage on that wisdom saving right. throw. Right. And is there no, is there any limit on the, how, like, the CR rating of the undead mm -hmm. that you it can... Does. At sixth level, you can only do one half or lower. It, there's, there's a table, a, a certain threshold, much like the original Destroy Undead. Uh, it just follows the same thing. Uh, the only limitation, although I might add this, is that you can't get CR4 like the Cleric can. Only goes up to CR3 at 15th level. But a CR3 Undead is still quite a big... Your whites, right? And those sorts of things. So you could, so you could have those whites and 15th level drag them down. Right. Um, Sort of let it's sort of getting rid of the lesser undead. And how know? many of them? How many can it affect? Uh, all any each. So everything that's in everything in thirty feet of you, everything, all those skeletons within thirty feet of you, below are the CR shot. level, who can hear your see or hear, not your, even hear. You is it? Just see you. But would you say like? How would you see this? Like, I mean, I know it's it's like see or hear, character right? by character, but do you hear them playing an instrument? Do you hear them singing a song? I can hear it be or? like a like um. Like a spooky, like bellowing call, you know, like get them, they're evading, sort of like, you know, or like call to the dead. Or it could be a song, even, you know, of like, go mm -hmm. to rest now, you know, you're be free of your necromantic chains, you know, as they just heard some sort of song or whatever. Um, 
again, however you want to theme your bard. I Hard, think hardcore speed, me speed metal. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, if it fails the saving throw, it is instantly destroyed. If its challenge rating is at or below a certain threshold, shown uh, as shown in the destroy on dead table, once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. So once we're short or long rest, all undead within 30 feet of you are dragged down into the underworld, explode, however you want to thematically do it. I, that's sort of also what I want to leave open with many of my subclasses is you can kind of twist and turn this like we like to do to create an out-of-the-box sort of character. Um, I'm sure that someone could create a, a lethal multi-class with this lethal lament. There are plenty of things that wisdom saving throws would be brutal with. Um, and it does kind of get a little bit maybe too brutal at 14th level with our next ability. But so, so, it's not, so it's not level? bad. You can stack those two things. Exactly. You can one stack round, those two things. One round, you get the... The bonus action, you get the lethal oh. lamenta. And then... And then action, you... And they have disadvantage on their destroy and dead saving throw, especially if they are dead. So that's an easy sort of combo move. Or even setting it up for like lethal lament on them, and then next turn... You know your wizard's up, and so they cast Toll the Dead. They have disadvantage on the wisdom save, and take forty twelve, for example. You right. Know, like that. At, at higher levels, that would be the hope, right? That you're you're still setting up your friends for success, but also giving yourself opportunities to do some pretty nasty things. Um. So this is and this is destroyed or turned. Destroyed, full on destroyed. Full on destroyed. Could be exploded, like I said. Could is be there, dragged and, into the and underworld. This is, and there's no whatever. turned component to this. We there's just, no turned component. Just got the destroy. They just destroy one. instantly. And why did you choose to go that way with it? I think that turning them is just sort of like getting them away from you, almost like a holy like stay back. You know, we're holding the line against them. But I feel like this is sort of like more focused on just bringing them to rest right you know? you're sort of the song is freeing, freeing, freeing them the from songs, the yeah, exactly. torment of undeath that's nice um but you couldn't explode strad with this you know no well he's above the cr exactly. rating but that's something you got to remember with this drawing dead it's not just like he's undead i pointed him and he explodes it's like you got to think about what cr they are a little yeah. bit uh to keep power levels once Chris has tried, your characters are probably 10th level at most when exactly. they get so to the castle. So you'll be able to destroy one or lower CR. Right. Nice. So when when skeletons and zombies and stuff come at you, you've got... Just drag them down. Again, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the just exploding, although you could run it that way. Um, but trying to find a unique way to sort of re like roleplay. Maybe they just like collapse into like like smoke you know and you see like a oh like a, a soul reach up before disappearing you know um then 14th level our final ability eternal coronach the captain ability should always like i feel kind of reflect on previous things or like still make huge thematic sense but be like the ultimate like whammy sort of ability you know because i feel like a lot of things are kind of lacking sometimes but i wanted to make this like a real whammy ability right um eternal coronach Koronok is sort of a synonymous with lament, with dirge, like this sort of song towards the dead. Koronak. Koronak. Koronak? Koronak. 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 Here, let's let's get this right. Koronik. Koronik. Right, I'm not familiar with this musical term. Uh, it's sort of like an Irish sort of folklore type thing, like of a song for the dead. Interesting. Right? At 14th level, your ability to conduct both prayers and curses of the dead into your magic reaches its peak. Granting you greater, uh, granting you greater gator <laughs> alligator control, greater control over the souls of the departed. A target afflicted by your lethal lament must succeed on a wisdom saving throw at the start of each of its turns. On a failed save, the target wastes its action on its turn, doing nothing. Which I remind you, it has disadvantage on. 
Now, this may be too much, but this is borrowing from the Bestow Curse spell, if you've ever read it, where one of the curses is the creature must make a wisdom saving throw on the start of each of its turns. On a failed save, it wastes its action that turn doing nothing. Third level spell, again, lasts 10 minutes or until they spend it. Right. And so how does this tie in with our with your theme? I think this this is really just expanding upon the lethal lament, you know, of the greater call, like of like like oh, the, so, and like the, the cursingness you know, the of cursing, the... you know, of that. Um especially if they're an undead creature or like a creature sort of evading death, you know, be like bring them to their their mortal demise, you know. Um and calling upon the souls of the dead in this like song. Uh, that maybe even like souls are swirling around you as you do this or maybe you could even see like a, a visual soul swirling around the lethal lamented sort of target you know to make it sort of visualize a little bit more or like they're like uh, like a shadowy sort of wisps coming off of them much like the hexblade curse in a sort of way but a little bit less selfish than the hexblade curse where it's right. like only me i get to crit easier and do all this stuff you know but this is more like all right you help your allies as well with this curse which makes it much more powerful. And this is a huge debuff. Like, making a wisdom saving throw with disadvantage at the start of each of your turns or losing your action is pretty crazy, you know? But again, they can choose to make an attack roll and completely end this if they as soon as they succeed on the saving throw, right? Like, the one issue I see with this is that your lethal element probably won't last long if a creature really doesn't want to have disadvantage on wisdom saves but this makes it so you at least have one turn of maybe really messing up their thing so if the lethal lament comes off if that inspiration die is is burned mm -hmm. then this feature doesn't work anymore what is there go, go through this feature again for me so and the folks out there in podcast land so essentially break this you've down a little. expended your bardic inspiration you have a number of uses equal to your charisma modifier which at this point you get back every short or long rest okay so you say i've expended i don't have any left oh, i've used one you've used one all right so right. i use it yeah so i use my inspiration this could be on your somebody last one. this could be your first one okay so i use an inspiration on a creature and this and a dis twist it into a, it's a dis element. yeah so it's a disinspiration and then and then what does this feature do, this capstone one? This means that at the start of each of its turns, it must succeed on a wisdom oh, saving Oh, I see. Throw. So it's it's the same. It's basically the same one, but buffed up. It's not like an additional thing. You just... It's the same lethal element. It's not a separate feature. Okay. This is the same, just expanding right. upon the previous so if we third were, level feature. Which is kind of cool, because actually in D&D &D Beyond, you could actually build that in as, as like one feature that just has a... Uh, that just shows up as a second option at a higher level. That's cool. Okay. Um, and on a failed save, it must be, again, at the start of each of its turns. So rather than your allies being like, all right, let's make it make wisdom saves with a, like, at, you know, disadvantage. Now, it on its turn, it needs to make a wisdom save with disadvantage. Or it loses its turn completely. Right. Well, not its turn, but its action. It so can still as move, long as, it until, still, that, until, you know, it reaction, until it burns that inspiration die, which mm -hmm. it'll try to do right away. Exactly. As soon as it gets the ability to opportunity attack or attack, I'm sure at this point it'll really want to get this inspiration. But by that point, it. the inspiration die is scaled up though, right? Yeah, it's a D12. It's a know? D12 now. So it's likely um, going to miss if it attacks. And well, exactly. I mean, it could roll a one. It could be fine, I suppose. But uh, there's a good chance that a minus 12 is also in there well not a good chance the same chance if it else, gets but. its turn you know like and this could really then make mm. your lethal lament last a little bit longer now i got actually another question just popped up in my mind mm. can this subclass of bard continue to use inspiration normally 
yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. It could use both. You can choose to twist it into a lethal lament. Okay. So you can still give your allies, and maybe even like your that's twisted. It's like a, a soul helping guide their strikes, you know, uh, in a certain way. But you can also turn it into a curse, which is the sort of the idea behind this, is that you have both options available to you. Um, you're going to be burning through inspiration if you keep cursing creatures. And so there's a final 14th level thing, uh, sort of tying to the eternal idea. Uh, in addition, whenever a creature afflicted by your lethal lament is killed, so destroy undead would play into sure. this, you can use your reaction to immediately regain a use of your bardic inspiration feature. Right. So anything you kill with using it, you get back. Exactly. So if it dies while it's going on, you know, like you curse the, the skeleton and then action destroy undead, has disadvantage on it, it explodes. But what if, what if, it's, it's, if it's burned, it's hit it. die. That if it's, I mean, if it's burned the, not hit die, sorry. If it's burned the inspiration die... And then the, the later that round, your fighter kills it. You don't get it back. No, no. If it's killed, if it's killed, you don't have to kill it. If any creature, if, if it's afflicted and it dies, you get it. I'm you saying if it's, if it's no longer afflicted, though, if it's oh right, right, right. If it's if right. it's used, if it's spent the die. Mm-hmm. If it's spent it, then it can no longer. It's you gone. don't get it back. You've lost. Your so as long as it's still cursed by it, mm-hmm. and it dies, you get it back. Exactly. Okay, that's cool. The thing about this is you're probably not going to have it on a creature for very long because they really can determine, like, they can choose to end it as soon as they make an attack or an ability check, which comes up fairly often. So, I mean, this, to be honest, this subclass really comes together with its capstone feature. I think it's got a lot of interesting roleplay stuff, a lot of healing abilities and, like, being able to bring back people who are close to dying back to life and giving allies, you know, an opportunity to take advantage of a wisdom saving throw uh, against a certain creature. It gives you ability to completely destroy undead. Yeah. Um, slightly worse than the cl- uh, cleric does, but still um, so the other, really well. The but. next step to do with this, and I just alluded to it a minute ago, is the moving it on to D&D Beyond, mm. into the homebrew right. section. And that's actually not that hard to do for most of the time. Um, you know, there's been a lot of... I've played with in campaigns with people where we've brought old UA uh, unearthed arcana subclasses that no longer exist back into existence by essentially co- copy pasting them into the subclass builder. Um, and it's, it's really quite an easy tool to use. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to turn this podcast into a how to for D and D beyond, but Everybody should know that it's it's the tools that are there are they really are for everybody. Mm. And if you decide you want to put a subclass like this together, one of the best ways to sort of be able to show it, I think, to potential players or to your DM or whatever, is to to put it into the into the system and and build a character with it. And show it to their to the DM. They don't like it, then Well, it can be a conversation. Down, exactly. it, you can you can tweak features in it together uh, until everybody's happy. I like the Lethal Lament because it gives you a little bit more option with spells that may, like, you may want to choose, you know, because suddenly you're maybe favoring that wisdom saving throw spell that you know a target will have disadvantage on, you know, and the fact that a Bardic Inspiration is a bonus action sort of means that you'll be able to get this up first as a bonus action and then hit them with the spell which they'll have disadvantage on. Which is sort of my idea for like the one-two punch sort of combo with this ability, you know? Um, I mean, we could look a little bit through what the Bard Spella sort of has to offer um, in terms of wisdom saving throw type stuff, but 
that was my idea sort of going into designing this bard is that that you can really pair this up with some potent sort of spell casting and i know they have a lot of wisdom saving throw type stuff um to well and most people see their yeah. bards as somebody who's trying to to be a bit of a charmer exactly you know and this is again plays into charming plays into frightening plays into like vicious mockery will suddenly be a little bit more powerful you know yeah, setting yeah. up here vicious mockery uh charm person dissonant whispers hideous laughter um detect thoughts hold person suggestion even a later on if you choose to pick up bestow curse anyways um you could get that whole stun at the start of each of their turn thing going uh with i still i still love this subclass idea for the fact that it it does take a common D feature the inspiration bardic inspiration and turn it on its head in a way that it doesn't seem anybody has done yet which is to make it a something that a negative thing yeah, yeah. a negative thing I, I thought that was that was my like first sort of spark and that's where i sort of like took more steps from there um and then made the ultimate like all right like after the first sort of two features and that lethal lament and sort of i wanted to frame it as the the protecting the the dead and letting them come to rest by destroying undead and placing curses and calling upon them when the time is right you know um as this greater theme for the college of the dirge um and that's a subclass Happy grave digging day, everybody. Yeah, happy grave digging. Uh, happy Halloween. Hope you have no, no, a... Not grave digging. That's... Uh, oh, 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 shh, shh, shh. That's what I'm going to be doing later. But that's, <laughs> that's another project altogether. Um, grave sweeping. Grave sweeping day. Clean it up. Looking after your ancestors. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this could be a fun combo. You have a College of the Dirge and um, Path of the Ancestors. What was it? Path of the Spiritual... Ancestral guardian, ancestral guardian type stuff. Yeah, um, barbarian, and you have they're just like both like sort of ghostly. Maybe they're like brothers, or even you know, and like one's like, like fueled by rage and like protects his friends, and this guy like sets them up for failure, sort of way. But yeah, well, this part there's a lot of, of stuff that takes wisdom. This saves, part of the world, so there's a lot of uh, votive offerings yeah. too. A lot of things get burnt to be sent off. We maybe could come up with a subclass that does mm. something with Sender, fun. But how would that be helpful? Know. You know, why would you send things off to the dead? Um, but that is our subclass today. I mean, we could explore other subclasses I've made, but I think that's a good example in today's episode of yeah, and, thinking and a thematically bit about how to for make this, a, a bard subclass. For this know? time of year as well. Mm. All right. Well, All right. that's our quick and easy like Dragon Like Sun this week. I uh, hope you have taken some inspiration from this. Maybe feel like uh, putting up your own subclass or come up with your own ideas yeah yeah feel free and this to will be so. on dnd beyond as well if you want to check it out hopefully soon ish maybe we could put a link to it yeah even. if we can get this together and and uh we'll put a link in the description college of the dirge yeah that'll be great perfect all right well thank you for joining us this week everybody my name is jack away and i'm jay away wishing you a very happy spooky season goodbye everybody 